digesting carbs to like fermenting the vegetables instead or something like yeah. that, that it, there's a transition period for sure it ferments inside of you like a beautiful baby yeah it turns <laughs> <laughs> when you're vegan you create i was like... gonna say like kimchi <laughs> instead of a baby kimchi is just reproducing all the time uh yeah (laughs) kimchi it's like a baby but cabbage yeah (laughs) well i just did the thing again lucas where like you did the thing the audience enters in the middle you know like a play oh shit um which is so cool but uh for listeners who've entered in the middle welcome welcome to the chat Oh, welcome to the chat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we remain two nosy meerkats, and I am still Gabby Jordan Brown. Um, and I am, and I am still the one who isn't Gabby Jordan Brown. I'm Lucas Arnold, and we have a spectacular guest for you guys today. We have a hilarious comedian. Uh, please give a uh, round of applause for Espy Rivadenera. Hey guys! Wherever you are in your house, just applaud <laughs> by yourself. Do <laughs> yeah. your dishes. Just applaud. I love the idea that I love the idea that people are like driving and then they start applauding and then just cause like massive car accidents <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> yeah, podcasting is really dangerous. You know, you cause yeah. car crashes. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna try to release this early. I'm gonna try to release this episode early in the morning so we can get people on their commute just to cause a little bit more havoc. Right. I'm very strategic in being evil. Chris Christie was a podcaster when he closed the, what was it, the Tappan Zee, Verrazano? What was the bridge yeah. he like? I, I, I thought it was the Verrazano, yeah. 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 You remember that, SP? Chris Christie no. like closed the, he, Chris Christie got so mad at someone who took the Verrazano bridge to work every morning that he created an entire like traffic delay just to get back at that one person and as it was called bridgegate and it was fucking crazy right wouldn't it be nice if if that was like the story they ran with but in but deep down he was like i'm just trying to get people to listen to my podcast with the downtime they have that they can't (laughs) cross the bridge now that's so badass though yeah yeah he's a real girl boss i I love Ah. a tepid conspiracy theory i love yeah a conspiracy theory that pits him as like kind of in the you know not in the right but just like you know it's not like actually he was doing revenge he just had a nice little podcast that he wanted everyone to listen <laughs> yeah. to it's a positive yeah, exactly. conspiracy theory it gives the benefit of the doubt yeah as we do you have any we, conspiracy no, I, theories i was literally about to ask Go ahead. <gasps> lucas um, we're thinking not- we're thinking each other's thoughts this is what happens in a long marriage, Gabby. You just you start completing <laughs> each other's sentences. This is yeah. In addition to the brutal beatings. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm just like, Less well, talking, guys, I need to sign SP. off. Yeah. No, I uh, <laughs> like uh, I don't know, man. I um I used to be into like aliens more. Like I was so curious about Area 51, and I, I think I was the only person that was excited. Like they, they, how did they release something about Area 51 in 2020? But like no one cared because Corona was happening. Mm. Uh, yeah, everyone was like, we're busy being sad. Um, but <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't really, I feel like it's just so hard to know what's real as is. That I don't really mess with conspiracy theories anymore. I feel like that's life a, is just like a mess. That's a very healthy response. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What do you think got you into Area 51 initially, though? Mm. I just well I'm like I always like space 
And uh, I'm like, there has to be aliens. You know, I really do think that I'm like, there's some kind of there obviously has to be some other sort of organism out there. But I think just as a kid, I was like, oh, that seems so cool. And uh, yeah, but now I don't really I don't keep up. So it's hard to. It definitely yeah. makes sense because like, I think that we have at least a short list of other habitable planets that are in the Goldilocks zone where they're right. not too close to the sun where it would burn up and not too far away where it would be too cold that it's like the perfect conditions and it has like water it has like different kinds of elevation and uh rain and weather and stuff so it has all like the similar conditions to earth similar size as well so it's very it only makes sense to think that there is some for a storm of, bleh, form of life that is growing out there in the universe it I completely agree um Right. Just yeah, just as in like a logic standpoint, not like a conspiracy. Do you think that aliens have visited Earth? Like, what do you think of like um, uh, visitation stories? Well, I wonder if they're just like little organisms. I don't know. I know NASA years ago sent out like a transmission signal, and they're like, "Oh, maybe aliens will reply." But I'm like, who's to say they would even know what to do with that? Or you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm like, well, I just don't leave know us what on I would red. do. Yeah, I would just be like, "What? How would you?" Because it's like I think it's just weird they're trying to communicate in that way. I'm like I don't think you would be able to. I have no idea what's out there, but I, I'm sure things have come to Earth already. That's what I think. Mm. But is it really like an alien the way people think of them, like in the movies and stuff? Maybe not, but who knows? There's no way. I mean, I think. Gabby, people... what do you do? You think? Um... Oh well, I was gonna say I think no, people ahead, like ahead. like. <laughs> There's no, there's no way like aliens are the little green things that kind of talk like us, but don't no. kind of know what we're like, but don't, uh, that feels like fan fiction. If aliens are anything, they're <laughs> maybe they're like plants that walk or like some right. other weird, like thing that we can't even, uh, conceptualize, you know, mm. we have no idea. Yeah. Well, there is there is a theory that because like, you know, the stereotypical like alien is someone like a super tiny body, giant head, big eyes, that because of like the way humans are different from like other apes that like humans have like are much skinnier, less muscular, but also bigger brains, that there's the, uh, the theory that aliens have visited, but they're actually us in the future and they're further evolved in sort of the trajectory our bodies are already on and oh, that wow. they're visiting back to Earth. Wait, so it's like our time. 400 year old you comes back to visit. <laughs> it's going to go millions of years, but sure. Yeah. Million year old you. Your arthritis yeah, million- is off the charts. Mm. <laughs> <There's> things <laughs> you know that you didn't want to know about your body. Yeah. Oh, God. Wait, that, that actually brings me another. Uh, would you, if you could be immortal, would you choose immortality? Because I would. No, no, absolutely no. not. Yeah. No, because I remember I had a roommate who he was like, yeah, Lucas, aren't you like afraid of dying? I was like, I mean, like, I don't want to die soon, but I accept and I'm and I'm happy with the fact that at some point I will die. I think that it's good to have a period to the sentence. And he's like, no, I don't want to die. I would 100 percent take immortality. He also is very he's also very obsessed with money. He was I was like, what do you want in life? He was like, I just want money. I was like and he was like, what about you? I was like, well, I mean, I'd like to. Um, pursue comedy I'd love to have like a family one day I'd love to have like right. a house and a garden I was I was naming shit that I want that I wanted to achieve and stuff and he was like no I just want money we disagreed on a lot of stuff yeah 
I I think even as like, because sometimes I'm anxious and like you don't know what's going to happen when you die, but it doesn't seem right. And I feel like your life would have no meaning. If you would exactly. live forever, there would just be no purpose and there would be no drive to do anything because you have forever. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And every, everyone around you would die. I can't handle it. My, my heart gets broken so easily by like the littlest things. And like if people around me I love died, I'll be like, all right, well, I can't be here <laughs> anymore. Like this is awful. I mean, think about why Edward Cullen was so sad, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone around him. Because like, he had to be played by Robert Pattinson. <laughs> Damn, oh. roasted. <laughs> the real Edward Cullen is like, oh man, I'm that guy from the meme. Like, what? I'm a cool <laughs> vampire. Like, how'd that happen to me? Uh, no, but I hear you. I think I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to. Woof! I wouldn't want to be immortal. I mean, what do you? What do you Mm-mm. do? What do you look forward yeah, exactly. to? <laughs> There's only so many times you can reinvent yourself just to keep yourself interested and stuff. Yeah, at some point you would just run out of shit. It'd be yeah. funny if there was like an immortal comic like uh who like did jokes about being immortal <laughs> like uh so immortality is weird <laughs> you know yeah, uh, yeah but that, would, that wouldn't dies. even be fair i feel like because they'd be so advanced and it's like there's no way i can compete with the immortal comic you know <laughs> oh yeah but also I was thinking like, even if you're not immortal, but you just live to be very old, like at some point technology is going to pass you. That is just something that happens to everyone is that you just don't understand stuff after a certain point. So if you're immortal, you would just, you would just become increasingly, increasingly stupid over time and just not be able to function at all without the help of others. Well, I don't know if that's true. Cause you would have all this time to do whatever you want. Would your brain stay active though, in the same way like a younger brain is sort of like healthier and takes in information better? Oh. Would you, or would you still like sort of, would your body still like depreciate in sort of, in not quality, but in ability? Well, um, wouldn't it be fucked questions. up? Wouldn't it be fucked up if you were immortal, but like you just kept aging? That's <laughs> <laughs> awful. Just become more and more with. I think when people conceptualize immortality, it's like, I'm 25 and I'm going to be 25 forever, you know, Mm. Um, or 40, whatever. I'm thinking specifically of vampires, if you can't tell. I'm not (laughs) thinking of any other kind of immortality. Yeah. Because I read too much Twilight growing up and watched too many of the movies too many times. Is it is one benefit I think of going bald is that bald people mm-hmm. they hit a certain age and then they just stay that age in terms of appearance. Like Patrick Stewart, he's a he's a hot piece of ass <laughs> and he has been since the eighties. He's just yeah, he's good. Immaculate. He's fifty forever. That man yeah, is never exactly. older or younger than no. fifty years old. He's eighty, but he's he's fifty. It's would just, you say he's a celebrity it? man crush for you, Lucas? Oh, 100%. He, he's, he's a tender lover. You just know it. Mm. He's, yeah. He's also quite built as for like an eight. I, I saw him pic- a picture that he posted on social media. I was like, God damn, he looks better than I do now. Jesus. Like he just, he's muscular. He's toned. He just, he looks good. If you look in Lucas's search history, it's all just like Patrick Stewart built. Patrick Stewart yeah. social media. <laughs> Patrick Stewart Instagram. Yeah. Do, exactly. do we have celebrity crushes up in here? Ooh, yeah. who, are, who are your celeb crushes? Dude. My favorite one will always be Robert Downey Jr. I know he's like way older, but I've always, I just, I like him so much too, because I know he went through like his addict stage and came out of it real strong. Mm. And uh, I just like, I respect that so much. For sure. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. At what age did you uh, 
form a, a crush on him? Probably like 18, 17, 18, something like that. I just always okay. really liked him. I always liked all of his movies. I think he's super funny and like charismatic. That's my dude. That's my good. dude, Robert. I totally, yeah. I totally see it. He's, yeah. he's a hot guy. He's a hot dude. Yeah. He's a, he's a he's introspective. He's smart. He's funny. He's got he's the whole package. Yeah, he is. That does uh, that does make me think something else. Were when you were younger, did you have any, any crushes on like cartoon characters or any like a very early crush or uh, anything at all? Probably, I feel like Ash Ketchum. Ooh. Oh. I think I like driven dudes very mm. driven <laughs> that's good yeah yeah he was super he true. wanted to catch them all he, <laughs> he did went, yeah he he'd had be a ambition. bitch to work for it like if i were working for ash ketchum i'd be like can't we just catch three and then go home like but no he wanted to catch them. <laughs> you're like we're done <laughs> no he was super driven i was like i like that he caught my yeah. heart that's yeah. what he caught Oh, he wanted oh. to catch them all, and he caught your heart. But what about Misty? <laughs> were they wait? Were they together? or Were they siblings? Am I just, they, no, no, I think they neither. were together They're at some friends. point. Or both. They're just traveling were they, were buddies. They? They're just traveling I buddies. They, oh, I wasn't sure if they liked each other at some point. Yeah, that's they were I, just friends. That's not what porn taught me. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> no, it's not. I don't think they have any like explicit romance, but you could tell there's like an inclination. Do you know what is weird is that I think in like um in a card game or something, but Misty grows up. There is one of her like well, as that's an not adult. weird. That's to be expected. I mean, she's not an yeah. immortal child. Misty, of course, grows up. Yeah, but um, but yeah, Ash never he never gets older. But I think at least Misty in some form in some form has grown up. Oh, that's weird. Is, yeah, that is very weird. very weird. Do you think she becomes like a soccer mom or something like <laughs> watching her see that. Pokemon play? Or... <laughs> she did a little bit. She kind of looked like a stage mom with like a really nice coat. She she looked like she was saying like, point harder with your foot, sweetie. You need like her like a dance mom. <laughs> no, like she was always like. carrying that thing too. Like I feel like moms are always carrying stuff. You always have that that egg looking Pokemon. You know what I'm talking about? She was, like carrying Togepi. around. Yeah. 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 No, I, no, I yeah, see she, it. She's like carrying the snacks. She's the mom that's fucking the coach and you don't know it because the coach has a wife. <laughs> Is that just something oh, that happened oh, to yeah. me? <laughs> like my baseball coach in Little League was like definitely hooking up with some random mom who was not his wife and like is is that just like a me thing or was that everyone? No, I did not I think I no, think... I think coaches are just creepy a lot of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. The, super creepy oh my god this guy my mom first pointed out to me my mom was like my mom spoke to me a lot like I was like a you know grown woman when I was like that's good though (laughs) it is is good yeah we were friends she always says she's not gossiping she's sharing so she was like Gabrielle I want to (laughs) share something with you because my mom always calls me Gabrielle they don't my family doesn't call me Gabby it's all very formal I guess and then She was like, in a good way, you know, it's, uh, it'd be yeah, weird yeah. if they'd be weird if they called me Gabby, but my mom was like, I think your coach is sleeping with <laughs> Wendy. Whoa. And I was like, I was like, no way. But of course I spread the rumor to everyone. 
Damn. Do you think that your mom was like secretly hoping she's going to spread this around? I want, I want to cause some chaos. Did you? No, I think my mom just said it into a void and like, I just did whatever I wanted with the information. I think if anything, she thought I would be extremely discreet. (laughs) Um, She had a lot of faith in you. I wouldn't, I would not. Especially at 13. That's such a like reckless age for anyone. Oh yeah. Uh, No, it was. I, yeah, I spread that shit around like wildfire. Um, not that anyone on the team listened to me because I was the only girl because they were all yeah. like, oh, yeah, whatever, I don't care. And just kept yeah. playing their baseball and scratching their balls or whatever. But <laughs> I <laughs> Yeah, not to judge your mom, but that was a poor choice on her part. You shouldn't trust that information with a 13-year-old. That's that's not good. Well, like I, What can yeah. you do? So if she's listening, you're on notice. Um <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's listened since the Chris Sher episode. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> my oh, sweet my mother Espy was like, oh, you have a podcast? That's great. And then our friend Chris Sher came on and was like, I was jerking off on the plane. My mom was like, oh my God, never mind. I can't listen to this. That's so funny. I don't want my parents to listen to anything. They're such like conservative people. I'm like, I, you know, you're not going to like what I have to say. Let's just. Oh, have, yeah. have either of your parents listened to or seen any of your stand up? Dude, they've seen me do improv and stand up and they did not like it. <laughs> Whoa. What was the response? Like that. Yeah. Well, so to be fair, I was doing an improv show, like a big one that was called like sexy future space lady. And you're like a space lady that like fucks aliens or whatever. So I was like, I don't know why you guys are coming to this. Cause I was very like, I told them what the show was. It was like really raunchy. And, uh, and then the stand up, they were just like, they're like super private people. And they, cause I, well, Lucas has seen my stand up. Mine's like very dark. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, you shouldn't say things like that. I'm like, I'm clearly joking, you know, but they're just like, I don't know. They don't really like the idea of like, when I, I remember when I was a kid, they were like, didn't want me to use like aim messenger and stuff. Cause they were like, you need to keep all of your information private. You shouldn't be putting things on the internet. So like they don't love me doing stand up, but I'm just like, wow, this is what I've chosen to do. Yeah. Right. Well, luckily oh. everything on yeah, AIM yeah. went away anyway. So <laughs> no, you're yeah. right. It's all gone. <laughs> My, my old company oh, used to use AIM because there was one executive who couldn't figure out any other form of chat except AIM. <laughs> that is adorable. <laughs> when AIM that went under, so the company lost like hundreds of conversations. It was fucking wild. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, when did AIM go under? How recently was how recent was that? It was 2018. It had to be a while ago, right? Oh, it was only 2018. I thought it was gone wow. for a while. No, it was. That's interesting. When I first started at that company, I was like, I can't believe we all still use AIM. Like, this is crazy. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Hilarious. I think AIM was actually before my time. I actually... No, it like, wasn't. Like, I, I had friends that used it, but I... No. Oh, I mean, come like, on. My, brag, brag, I only, okay, brag. I only, Young Lucas over here. Like, I'm I don't sorry. I'm AIM. just with, like, some geriatrics right here. I'm just a young gun <laughs> among these bitches. I just... I, <laughs> Surely you nope. used AIM. No, I never did. I got on. You probably Facebook didn't. Wait, was... you're like 21, right? Me, I'm 25. See? Oh, we're not that old. No, yeah. I know, but I, but <laughs> I never. But when I got on, I got on like Facebook when I was 13, and that was the first social media any sort of like 
besides like phones, like that was the first thing I used to like communicate with friends. And I had friends that used AIM, but I never got on it because then it was just immediately switched over to Facebook. Oh, so you knew of it, but it was- Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, I had the same relationship to AIM as I did to Vine, which is obviously in our, in all of well, our- Well, that's yeah, ironic I, considering you like became this TikTok person when people say yeah. Vine was like the, the big, you know, the yeah. big starter TikTok essentially. Yeah, oh, yeah, I didn't really definitely. get into Vine at no. all. I mean, it was around, obviously, but, but, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, I never, I, I was never on the, I liked like YouTube compilations of ones. Like those were always Me fun, too. but I never, those are yeah. fun. <laughs> I really that, liked Vine. <laughs> yeah, I loved Vine so much. Wait, so, um, but this is a little bit, so something that I wanted to ask you about, uh, SV, is that I know that last year you did get COVID. And it's affected a lot of people in very different ways. I want to know how it affected, if at all, your mind and your ability to write stand-up. Um, I think it made me like work harder, honestly, because I was like interesting. alone in New York at the time. Um yeah, well, I was have I like you know I had like my ex here, but then we were in a weird spot, so he wasn't around when I had COVID, and uh, so I was like alone, and I had just moved to New York in February, which was like a bad, and I just felt like so lonely and bad, and I was like I just have to work, like there's only so I was doing Zoom mics and stuff, which I know some people have like mixed feelings about. I'm like, oh, if there's nothing happening, I'm always gonna do a Zoom mic. I like mm. swear by them, so I'm like. I did get like 15 minutes of material out of like just doing zoom for a month straight. And, uh, but, but yeah, no, I think it just made me work harder and, uh, it, it kind of helped me get material because it was like a dark time and I like dark comedy. So I was just like writing yeah. about having COVID and, and, uh, being sad and it, <laughs> it all worked <laughs> out. <laughs> was it, were you like super sick or was it more of, um, you know, the, the quarantining and like not being able to see anyone that was, uh, that was difficult. I was super sick, but I hate, like, I'm very extroverted. I hate not being around people. So that was getting to me. And I, I'm like, I'm not going to lie. I'm bad at quarantining. Like I still went for walks and stuff. I know you're not supposed to. I was like, I can't stay. So I'll go insane. But I was so sick too. It was dumb for me to even try to like walk around. Cause I would like go down the stairs and be like, okay <laughs> time to like go back up but um it was really bad yeah i went to the hospital one point i wrote a bit about like me pooping blood because of it and i just I was so like bit. yeah i was so um like beat down in my brain that i was like this is funny <laughs> yeah like, i didn't care i don't know i just didn't care about like and then everything's fine now like i'm all good but it was just it really, I don't know, man. It was like, I just moved to New York. I think it almost like catapulted me into working really hard, which is good. For sure. I Genuinely, I find that inspiring that like, that, um, that any kind of hardship you found is like inspiration and motivation to work harder and write more like that. I, I, I'm just really impressed because I'm, I'm not sure if I would have had the same reaction. I, I, cause I, I, cause I, as much as I love dark comedy and I do like to write, it's not something I necessarily um, am just organically drawn in terms of writing um, right. as much, um, even though I am trying to work on it. And so I don't know if I would have found quite the same motivation. So I'm just very impressed with that. 
Um, I hear yeah, you on it though. Like, yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, I don't know that I necessarily like gravitate towards dark comedy in my own writing, but I do think comedy is how I understand the world and mm. understand like what's happening. So when you're in a place that's so dark and terrible, all you can do, or at least all I can do is be like, there's something funny about this <laughs> and fun. Yeah. Well, I think you have to, if you're yeah. like very depressed, I think to get out of it, it does make things a little wider. Cause I was like, I could either mm. just not do anything and be sad and anxious about this, or I could like write about it. So I've always been one to be like, I gotta, I think comedy is good. Cause I started when I was very depressed and like, I think I've always lean towards like making fun of things that are kind of serious because i'm like we should be able to laugh at this stuff or even draw attention to it if it is like a bad thing you know mm. and like but it is hard to write i've had a weird time because i've been feeling like better in my life which is good but then i'm also like it's so hard for me to write light because i've been trying to write like lighter jokes and it's mm. like not working out i'm like what do i do like <laughs> I'm like, I'm happier now. Uh, don't know what to say. Sort of happier now, I guess. I don't that's, know. That's kind of adorable. <laughs> like, is, <laughs> do you have to sort of like force yourself to like write about lighter material? Like what's your process necessarily or something yeah. that you try to draw your attention towards? Is there I anything? haven't written, I tried to write lighter, lighter material. And then I was writing bits about like murder. And I was like, this is not lighter <laughs> than, you know, I was like, I just think that's not my vibe. Maybe I don't know what to hmm. do. Cause then I was like, maybe trying to write less about cause my material. Is so personal 90% of the time I was like, maybe try to write about other stuff. But then that was equally dark. And I was like, this just is probably my style, which is fine. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. Sure. Our, um, yeah, our friend, um, you know, Chris Scher, obviously. Um, but yeah, Chris Scher is someone who said something that I really, really like, which is that lean into whatever makes you specific. Don't run away from it, run toward it and try to and try to make it grow. Like, um, because uh, we were talking to, um, on an online open mic last year, uh, a very good comedian called Mac O'Hara. Do you know Mac? Yeah, I love Mac. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, he... Um, he he does amazing one-liners, very short form yeah. stuff. And yeah. um, so dark. Yeah. I, so oh my dark. God. He's amazing. I adore him. Yeah. I love it. He's so like good. one of my favorites. I can't, I can't get enough. But yeah, he was talking about like how he, he wasn't necessarily, but he was talking about like how, um, uh, like he wanted to try long form stuff. He was, he was worried that if it was like too short stuff, that it was too one thing. And Chris was like, no, no, no. That's what makes you wonderful. That's what makes you funny. Lean toward, lean into that. And I was like, that's just, it was just, it just, it was just a beautiful thing to hear. I was like, oh yeah, that's, that makes so much sense. That's such great that's advice. Yeah. It is. I yeah. think there are times where I've tried to change my material, especially when I first started, I didn't really know, but like, I'm like the dark stuff just works for me. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it doesn't. And that's awkward. If I'm in front of a crowd and they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, <laughs> oh God, well, this is the next 10 minutes. So buckle in. Well, I think the like, worst thing is trying to guess what a crowd will or won't like. Like, I feel like I, mm. um, I feel like I, I maybe told listeners this at some point, but I have all my jokes categorized in this app called Evernote, and it's like super weird and like serial killery. And it <laughs> used to be that I would put categories on them, like this is more, you know, alternative or whatever, and this is better for a club. And then I try the jokes out at a different crowd, and it's like the crowd that this was supposed to work for didn't like it but the crowd that you know 
didn't necessarily like wasn't necessarily going to be the one for this joke like ate this thing up so I think that comedy is so like I don't want to say subjective necessarily because everyone says that but um you know unique and individual like you can kind of be anybody and uh have any old thing and uh if it's funny and if it's unique and if it's you like people resonate with it um I agree with that I think it's like the confidence you bring and then like being honest because I found anytime I fried other stuff that didn't really like sit with me the audience wasn't buying it it's like oh I'm not into this so they're not gonna be I think as long as you're like having fun and uh you know and you're just confident about it because whenever I've gotten nervous I'm like I don't know if they're gonna like this like it just doesn't work and I'm like no you gotta go up and be like they're gonna like it (laughs) yeah right you got it whatever you're saying say it with your chest because the other thing is you're what when you're watching someone perform like not even when you're performing but when you're watching someone perform there's this part that's like have you ever like watched a friend or something in like an improv show or like a weird dance show or just something that's kind of like weird and you just have that moment of like oh no like what's gonna happen are they gonna fall on their face yeah the comedian is the person who reassures like no guys like I'm not gonna fall on my face I'm gonna stand behind everything I say up here and because I'm not worried like you won't have to worry it's like what Jim Carrey right. said. It's like the audience wants to be free of concern, you know, mm. yeah, for five minutes Absolutely. or so. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah, SB, I wanted to ask, like, um, how, when, when did you start stand-up very quickly? Uh, it's like literally three, three years ago, I think. Okay. Two days and ago. What yeah. was, what was it like the first time you got on stage? Did you have any nerves and how did you deal with them? It was horrible. It was like one of the worst sets I've ever seen in my life. And I'm not exaggerating. I like don't, I was so bad. I was like painfully, I was shaking. I remember, I think my first few months, people were like, it was hard watching you. Cause I don't know why too. I did improv before, but I just like being alone up there. And I used to be very shy, like Mm. even just a few years back. I think I've always been a little more shy until like now, I guess. But um, it was so hard. It was bad. There was like no hope for me. And then all of a sudden it was just like, I think just after the reps and like just starting to get better and getting used to it. Mm. Yeah. So you started doing improv and then what, cause I also used to do improv before yeah. I, I did stand up. What made you want to do stand up instead of improv? Mm. They're a little too happy. <laughs> oh my God, thank you. <laughs> They're like too happy. I was like, I can't. When they're not happy, they're honestly fucking weird, like antisocial, like kind of, I feel like I would try and talk to other improv people and they'd be so funny on stage and they'd be so like, like off stage. I like couldn't talk to them. (laughs) Yeah. You talk to stand-ups, you're like, oh my God, like this person is of the universe. It's, thank God. Right. (laughs) If anyone's like too happy off the bat, I'm very suspicious immediately. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, they're it's not that great, you know, like, mm. like, let's be realistic. There's not that much that, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just like a depressed person, but I'm like yeah. very suspicious of really happy people. Um, and I, I did improv for like three years, pretty hard. And uh, it, this, all of this stemmed from, I was like a really bad alcoholic. So it got me sober. And I just found being on stage is like a different kind of high that's healthy that I really enjoy. But I that's got into awesome. it. I just, 
yeah, I was like tired of improvisers and people were like, oh, we think you would like stand up. So I just went into it and immediately, even though I was terrible at it, I was like, if I can get over these nerves and like, I know this is going to be for me. Like I had something just was like, go back up on, just keep going, like get through this rough spot and then you'll be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Cause like, I don't know if you know, I nearly fainted a couple times when I was just starting out. I, it was once uh, at an open mic and another right before a show, I nearly fainted. And I was able to get through it with some like anxiety diffusing exercises that my therapist yeah. taught me, but like it, the nerves are so fucking real. Like, so you it's were intense. saying, that like, so you said that you were like shaking, like, did you, is, was that it? Or just like, how, how did it affect you physically? So sweaty, uh, just like disgusting, like really like a lot of sweat. There have been times where I felt like that too, where I'm like, I feel like I might pass out. Um, but it is a lot. I think Pete Holmes had on his podcast where he was talking about how it's literally like you're surrounded by predators pretty much. You know, it's like it's weird mm. to have that many eyes on you. It is like people's biggest phobia to go up in front of other people like that. So I just kept telling myself, I'm like, oh, this is like a normal reaction, you know, but it's going to change. You're going to get used to it. You're tough. Just, and nobody's going to like attack you. I had to be like, this is <laughs> yeah. the worst thing that could happen is people don't laugh. You know, and it's like, and you just move on. But you do, it's such a, stand-up is so intense. It's very intense. Totally. Yeah. Totally, totally. Oh, I have so many questions for you now. But the first one I want it to ask is, so you you said that you are now very extroverted, but before you were very shy. So like, when did that shift come into play for you? I think, because I was like painfully shy. I remember when I was like in high school, didn't have a lot of friends. I remembered working at Famous Footwear and then we had like headsets on. I remember my boss being like, you can't hide between the shelves. You got to like talk to customers. <laughs> and I was like, I don't want to come out. And, uh, but I, you know, it's weird because it, it was, so, I was such a bad alcoholic, but I almost felt like drinking made me less shy after the fact too. Cause I realized I was like, oh, you can do like dumb stuff. Not that you should people will still like care about you or you know or like right. be more and then I kind of realized like I was never I mean the drinking was bad for me but I never did anything crazy or hurtful it was just like hurting my body but um mm. I just realized too like I would be more talkative and uh I was like oh people like you just you can do that without um, well when I got sober at first I was like I don't know if I can do it and then I was like no just you know it's a muscle too but now I'm very like I love people like I need to be around people I love meeting people but I think the stand-up has made me much more like like I think the stand-ups changed me most of all because you're just up there saying whatever especially mine is so dark and like about very intimate parts of my life um I just don't really care like if someone comes up to me in real life I'm like whatever this is easy yeah, yeah. well if I could say like I remember I saw a set you did at Little Panda Productions in Prospect Park oh, yeah. and I remember and it was like I think it was like right after your breakup if I could say yeah and like I and I remember just being so blown away 
And then I think you left like immediately afterwards. And I was so yeah, I was disappointed because I was like, because <laughs> I was like, I need, because I just, I thought, oh, I need to go up to her and say how good that was. I, I physically had to do that. And I, and I asked like Maxim, I was like, hey, where is she? And she was, and he was like, oh, she left. I was like, okay. And then, and then I had to like message you to be like, that was. Oh, thanks so much. Was, yeah, I remember that. It just that. blew me away. Yeah, then, I, I, oh no, no I, was I was gonna, gonna say, say like, I'm sorry. Lucas, <laughs> you are fucking hate so this delay. transparent. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh go my ahead. god. Ah. Classic men talking <laughs> over us. Huh? Yeah. Classic <laughs> man move. Lucas Arnold, the most misogynistic. <laughs> yeah. It's one not funny because he's one of the least misogynistic people. He's the least. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So any so anyway, women voting. One second end. Um, uh, Hopefully, but soon. I but I did want to I'm I remember it. something. Yeah, <laughs> just stay home, doll. Um, but there was one thing that I remember you said when I when I messaged you on Facebook is that you said did you just that it was like super unprepared or very sort of a slapdash set like it was like it was and I was like if that's what you're like without preparation I was almost afraid of how good you would be with preparation and so like. If you remember from that set, how how prepared were you? Like, how much was like really written out and organized and stuff? I mean, I have worked on it. I um from that time period that made me grow so much. Just moving here and then all the stuff I went through, I feel like made me grow a lot because then I realized like I think I was so sad that I didn't care what I was like saying. Um, mm. so I just like. I, I like, I think uh, part of why, like, I used to drink so much too is because people are like, oh, you're so, emo-. like, my family's like, oh, you're so emotional because they're very conservative and stuff. So you got to keep it in, or like, you know, I think people tell women too, like, don't be overly emotional and all that. Mm-hmm. And I've always felt like I'm too much for people. And then I finally realized, especially with stand up, I'm like, it's not too much. So now I try to let my emotions leave my sets because I'm like, that's what people love seeing me go off the rails and I'm like, that's what I want to do a lot. And I've been doing it more like, but so I think I do. Yes. I write, I, I write every day. Um, but it's not really the writing. It's more like people like seeing me getting a little nuts. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, and I trust that. Cause at first I was like, Oh, that's too much for people. And then I realized I was like, no, that's, what's really funny. Yeah. That no, is definitely. So cool. if- I once saw a set that Maxim Allen did where he um he just had like a bad day and he was just ranting and just yeah. being just letting all of his negativity just pour out and it was yeah. one of the best sets I'd ever seen him do because I would say very similarly like not that he's necessarily like shy but he he can but he's I think he's very like he's a bit like um not necessarily introvert but he's a very guarded put together he's he and is. so to yeah. see him like break apart as this very put together person was just so fun to watch. Um, anytime I think that you see someone unleash something you feel they've kept in a long time, it's always cathartic. It's always fun to watch, definitely. It is, and I think everyone wants to do that too, but people yeah. are scared to. Everyone relates to the having a bad day and like things like that. So it's like, I yeah. think people should let it out more. Is there any advice you could give to someone who might be listening who wants to try stand up on getting in touch with that real sort of core person inside of them that might be dark? 
it might take a while to get there because I feel like I've always had that inside me, but I was scared too. But I'm like, just keep, no matter with stand-up, you just have to keep trying, you know? And then like, and then write, write about the personal stuff and go up and try it. And it might not, I've bombed so much, especially with my like dark material. I've made people very uncomfortable. But it's like, you'll figure it out. You just have to like dig through that. And as you get more comfortable on stage, it gets easier to like be in touch with that emotional part. I love a good bomb. You don't learn shit from good sets. <laughs> you no, learn. you don't. You have to. You have <laughs> you, to bomb. You don't yeah. learn. That's that's honestly the thing. And I've been doing stand-up for less long, I think maybe than both of you guys. But uh, I think that's the one thing I'd teach people is like bombing is actually not bad. It's the it's the medicine and good sets are the are the sugar. You know, you can't yeah. eat sugar. You can't eat sugar all the time. It's not good for you. You also can't drink medicine all the time. It'll make you sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have yeah. like polio or something. I don't know. I was literally thinking. <laughs> I thought you were going to go into a Mary Poppins song, like "Sugar Helps the Medicine Go Down." That's what I thought you were about to go into. I think you just have me pegged for this huge Mary Poppins stand, and you know what? You're right. Yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're right. It's my favorite movie. Um, yeah. So you're right about that. Um, but SP, how do you write? Like, what is your process? Like you said, you write every day. Like what, how do you yes. like sit down and write a joke every day? I kind of, I probably seem a little crazy. I do sit here and I talk to myself a lot and I drink a lot of coffee, but it's a little manic looking. If somebody was watching, they'd be like, what's going on? But I just talk to myself and I try to sound like, I'm like, is this funny? You know, but I think that's the best way for me. Cause there've been times where I've sat down and tried to write like without really being interactive in that way. But I'm like, I need, cause I think too, coming from an improv background, I'm like, I need to like say it and kind of act it out. Mm. Yeah. I feel like Definitely. you and I have so much in common in that way. I used to talk to myself on the phone. I used to like, <laughs> I would go on the street, I'd walk down the street and I would pretend to be having a conversation on the phone and I would just be <laughs> writing bits. I swear to God. That's awesome. <laughs> It that was fucking weird. Fucking I I, insane. I felt like insane. people were starting to get suspicious. At one point I did it outside <laughs> of like my college and like this friend saw me and he was like, I didn't want to interrupt you. You looked like you were like breaking some really hard news. <laughs> <laughs> like no, I was just oh writing about <laughs> I don't know, trees. That's so <laughs> funny. Um <laughs> Yeah. We're we comedians, oh we're not we're not right in the head, I think. <laughs> I I don't think we are. I don't think any of us are. I think it's crazy to go up on stage the way we do. What's interesting, though, is that, like, I think I would be similar to both of you if my mom didn't hound me as a kid for talking to myself and, like, playing out scenarios in my head or even just, like, you know, I think everybody does, like, that thing where, like, um, you're playing out an argument the way you would have wished it went. Yeah. I think everybody does that. <laughs> I would do that very loudly. And I would, I was very, very, and my mom would be like, no, stop doing that. It's not good. And, uh, and I became like, just very, very neurotic and like cagey about opening my mouth at all. And so, so I feel like I'm watching what I am on the inside right now, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm one, I don't know. That's, it's a weird thing. Like, that's actually kind of a good sneaky idea to like pretend you're having a phone conversation on the street. Like, I weirdly like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's there's so many it's ways to sneaky. look like you're not talking to yourself. Uh, yeah. You, are, you know, AirPods help. Um, I honestly think that the idea of talking to yourself as some kind of pejorative thing that makes you crazy is like 
so funny to me because yeah. like honestly talking is how we go through most of the world and then when we have a silent thought we're supposed to use our hand and write it down like it doesn't make any sense like talking is that that's definitely how I write because I think fast so I want to talk it out and then I'll you know I'll say it into a recorder or I'll uh, I'll like type it out because my typing's gotten like you know faster than my hand with all the technology yeah, we yeah, have yeah. now uh some black mirror that's- shit I guess yeah no I agree with you though because I feel like there have been times where I have been like sit and write and be quiet you know and then like it's almost like I can't be funny because I feel I wouldn't say it like that like I need to talk it and then the ideas come really quick and I'll just like jot notes down I'm like oh okay that's because I I hate sitting and being quiet I can't even I notice I like get up a lot too when I'm writing I'm just like up and down like I can't sit still for too long yeah well, another thing is that the joke isn't just the words on the page. It's I think it's intensely tied to your tone of voice, to yeah. the kind of facial expression you have. That's all part of the joke. And so it only makes sense that you rehearse it using every part of your body as you would on stage instead yeah. of just like writing it down or like thinking like you have to use. It's not nothing is disconnected that. Yeah, I yeah. definitely agree. with That's that. why it's such a different form than like writing anything else, like writing things mm-hmm. that go down on the page yeah. or even like late night jokes, you know, it's so, yeah. it's so different. And um, I don't know. I think it's really interesting. We got asked by, not to, not to uh, go into listener submissions yet, but we got asked by a listener if we were full-time comics, which I found very flattering, but it was more like, are you guys full-time comics? Like kind of question. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, no, but like, yes, cause I'm unemployed, but also like, no, because <laughs> We're not famous, but it's like, you know, I guess if you just do comedy, you're a comic and that's what, yeah, you know, that's what it made me think. Yeah. I wonder what the tone of voice was. That listener might write and be like, no, 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 it's because I love you. And deep down they might be like, no, 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 I'm just trying to save face. I hate these people. I'm worried, (laughs) but also like kind of excited by the prospect of like getting, we should get like a burner and just have like a voicemail line for meerkats. (laughs) That's a good idea. Or, or we could, um, no, that's a good idea. I think you can do that with like a Google voice account. I think that's something we could do. All right, that's an idea. I'm gonna write that down. But, um, I, okay. Oh, wait, so, um, but Espy, like, um, do you have any dreams outside of standup? Do you have any, like, I want to like be a writer on the show or I want to be in, the, like, do you have any sort of ancillary dreams? Um, um I feel like I'm, kind of just going with it right now like I've done other I've done sketch and improv but I'm like I feel so passionately about stand-up right now I'm like just putting all my energy into that and seeing where it goes because I'm like I just want my I'm always like trying to be funnier so I'm like I just want to be the best writer possible and I'm a little bit like I think I am pretty hard on myself. So I'm like, I don't know if I would be ready to be a writer or something on a show Mm. or whatever because people are like you should apply for this thing and I'm like I just want I want to feel like really good about my stuff and really yeah. strong about it and uh, and organize better and things like that. So I'm like, I'm just doing stand up. I think like some shorter term girl goals is like make money off stand up, off right. shows, off mics yes. or whatever. And because uh, I just don't want to, I don't want to work for anybody again. I hate work. I hate corporations and <laughs> jobs. I'm like, I'm not going back. 
So that's my goal right. is like to stop working. And to the ability that you can like talk about it without someone like contacting you and getting you in major trouble. Do you have any like really terrible work stories? Like just oh, brutal yes. like times in an office. Oh my God. Tell us. Dude, I, I was teaching in Texas and uh, I remember like this principal I had was such a bitch. I don't know if I can swear on here, but shoot, that's what she was. Yep. And you can like, swear. Of course. She's yeah. awful. I'm like I told censored. listeners Lucas beats me, so I think you can swear. <laughs> um, That's a skill to do over Zoom. I'm putting that on my resume. Right? Yeah, his hand came through the screen and just slapped me in the face. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was awful. And I the workload for teachers is just insane. They have you doing a million things. You're there for, like, honestly, sometimes 12 hours, you know, and... This lady, like, I remember one time just having, separate from work, having, like, I'm always having, like, boyfriend problems, having, like, problems, right? And I'm, like, crying in my room, like, the kids are at specials, and she comes in, she sees me crying, and she's just, like, oh, when you're done with that, can you swing by my office? And I was, like, this lady's a monster, you know? I was, like, how awful are you to just be, like, but she would do things like that with people. She had like no social skills. I, like nobody liked her, but she would just dump like more and more work on you and be like, oh, you got this, right? And you're like, no, I'm not even, this is not even part of like my job. It's like the principal's telling you, so you got it. But I was like, I quit teaching mid-year last year because I was so fed up. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to New York. I'm going to stand up. Like I just hated it so much. And it's just, it feels like it's not even about the kids anymore. It's like so much paperwork and right. meetings and like i was like what are, what are we doing this is wrong it just felt wrong did you God. did you like working with kids or like what do you have any shitty kids that you can talk about love kids <laughs> there's always like bad kids you know but i love working with kids they're tight they're really fun and i was really good at it like i'm very good with kids mm-hmm. uh, but and they got me a lot of good bits i feel like but um yeah, that's what I loved. But then I hated like, and I was, it was so funny because they were cool. Like we would, I wanted to teach them about life stuff a lot. Cause I was like the math, I was like a bilingual math teacher. And, uh, but these kids were like lower income students. So I was like, y'all need to learn how to like express your emotions and stuff. Like I taught them how to meditate and I taught them how Ooh. to be, you know, artistic or whatever. Awesome. Yeah, but I felt like I had to, like, do it in secret because it's, like, this is the schedule and you have to... And so I knew, like, if the principal was coming, I heard, like, her heels. I'd be like, guys, get into formation. Like, we've been doing math all day. And they were, like, they would, like, run oh my God. into their You're like spot. School of Rock, but I was going to say, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> So everybody would hustle. It was so funny. It's crazy That's how so... teaching is like that. It's, like, I was a TA at a Hebrew school. It was my first job. And uh, there was this little kid who uh, he had like ADD, ADHD, and he couldn't learn the yeah. prayer. He couldn't learn the prayers sitting down. So I was like, okay, Graham, we're gonna work one on one. And I made him run back and forth saying like a new word of the prayer every single time. And then this guy who like was one of the admins of the temple came up to us, and he was like, "This is in a temple. You are in a." holy space like this is not this is not what god intended and then of course this kid goes to the final like 
you know, there's like a service at the end of their Hebrew school time. And he sings the whole Mihamocha like better than he ever has before. But of course, this guy comes in and he's like, no, no progress allowed. Not in the holy space. Like, fuck you, man. Oh you know? No, no, I hate that so much because it's like everyone learns so differently. But then they push. It's like we all need to do this the same way and this is the most important thing and i'm like i hated it so much because i i would yeah. just it was funny because i would bounce off like i would like not use the curriculum a lot and i remembered my kids like having the highest scores for a couple of years and i was just like because i let them like do more and then it's like it's like you take time for them to like take care of their mental health and then they're gonna achieve more because they feel comfortable and safe but it's like they don't they didn't care about that it was always like testing scores like we need them to be the best testing scores. I'm like, the way you're going about this is totally wrong. And you don't seem to care about the kids at all, which I hate. I couldn't stand that. Jesus. It sounds like you had a conscience and that sucks, yeah. you know? Wait, Gabby, at what, yeah. did it, to this guy who was like critical of you, like, no, 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 this isn't what God intended. At no point were you like, this kid has ADHD that God made. Fucking let's work around it. Like, Well, I couldn't say anything right. in front of the kid. I was just like, okay we'll stop and then the guy ran away and of course we like didn't stop you know <laughs> like that's what you have to do right. in those environments i think sometimes you have to like pretend you're going by the rules and then actually do the thing that helps people uh, right you know yeah like school of rock which uh, which was wonderful because it was like oh yeah he actually helped like kids get out of their shell and love themselves and stuff it was so oh, right so yeah this is <laughs> a great movie yeah, it was so good. i feel like that movie changed me <laughs> in ways yeah. that i didn't even understand same that's such a, an amazing movie it's like one of my favorites it's so good yeah it's I, I rem- so funny i uh, what i remember i saw that with my cousins and my cousin ella she had the same wristband as the drummer and she was like he stole that from me i was like no he didn't she was like no he didn't. <laughs> that's all she said <laughs> The kid yeah. from School of Rock stole the wristband from your yeah. cousin. No <laughs> exactly. one knows this. <laughs> yeah, no, but she was, yeah, she was dead convinced, or she was just trying to convince me of that. Um, I was a very gullible kid, for sure. Um, <laughs> but yeah, wait, so as we were there, did you share like your ambitions for comedy with any, with any of these kids? Did they maybe encourage you? Because I have heard stories of like, um, comedian Chris DiStefano, who is a physical therapist, and he he talks about how someone who he was uh, giving physical therapy for um, said, "Hey, follow your dreams. This is what you need to do. Don't worry about me. This is this is your life." Like, and so I was wondering. Well, I would talk about it because I I told the kid I was pretty honest because it was weird. People would be like, "Oh, you shouldn't let anyone know at school that you're a comedian," and I was I just hate like. I just can't hide my feelings and like what I'm doing and stuff. So like I did tell them, I was like, this is my dream. And they were excited for me when I like quit and everything, you know, my print. Yeah. I had a new principal that year that was so cool. And he like, when I went into the office to resign, he was like, Oh, what's going on? And I was like, and something to me was like, I can tell this guy. And I was like, look, I'm a comedian. And he was like, oh, go to New York or LA. Like, what are you doing here? And I was just like, he was so supportive about it, which was so cool. Oh, and that's awesome. uh, he helped me. Yeah, because usually what happens is you break your certificate and you're kind of in trouble and you can't teach anywhere. But then he helped me like not that to not happen. And so then I could teach here and get on unemployment and stuff. So it all worked out. Um but yeah, I, I feel like a lot of people were like, that's your thing. Like, you have to go do that. That's so cool. That's, 
that's and so I love encouraging. The little that's kids so... were like telling you to do. It reminds me of. Do you ever see uh, Wet Hot American Summer? No, I haven't. <laughs> There's a scene, not to give away too much, where Molly Shannon plays this counselor who just had a uh, divorce and uh, like a bunch of just like six year old kids like talk her through the divorce. <laughs> it's pretty fucking. <laughs> Reminded me of that. <laughs> Uh, it's how it oh, felt sometimes. They were they would <laughs> kind of pick me up. Kids are pretty <laughs> wise. Like kids really just say exactly. Oh, yeah. I used to babysit these two kids and they were super rich. Like they were from like a super rich family. I went to uh like I went to their apartment, you know, to like babysit them. Right. And one of them pointed to the Statue of Liberty, which you could see from their apartment. And she was like, that's how you know we're rich, because you can see that. And I was like, wow. you're six years old. <laughs> and you're she just saying this. Whereas, like, yeah, I'm sure like her mother and father would be like, oh, we're middle class. Like, we live comfortably. <laughs> no, the six-year-old's just like, we're fucking loaded. <laughs> that, that's hilarious. That's awesome. <laughs> oh my god. This actually leads nicely into our listener submissions because we have a couple. Yes. Uh, SB, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of like uh, middle schoolers, high schoolers listen to this. Um, I mean, <laughs> they're all dirty assholes too, uh, because you know we swear. They're terrible humans. Yeah. Um, but we have a couple about like bad teachers. Um, this so is perfect. Curious to hear what you think. Okay, somebody said, um, "My English teacher this year is so boring that I kept on failing her <laughs> class because I couldn't bear to listen to her voice." My mom tried telling me that I still had to listen, even though she was kind of boring. So she came into my room as I had Zoom school and sat just off screen so she could see how boring it was too. And she (laughs) fell asleep 20 minutes later on my carpet. If that doesn't say something, I don't know what will. That, if I could say, there's nothing better than when you know that you have a bad teacher and then, it, but then your parents and everyone around you goes, "Oh no, you're you're absolutely right. This is a terrible person." Because you're always feel. Thought, yeah. yeah, it's so good to be validated by That's an awesome. adult too. Because when you're a kid, just no one believes you about anything. Yeah. <laughs> no, they don't, which is terrible. So it's nice to like, you're like, yeah, I need someone to believe me. But that's I hate it. I also hated that too because there are cool teachers, but then there's teachers that I'm like, why are you doing this? You're terrible at this job, and it's not even it's like hard work you know i'm like i don't understand some of the people that go in i'm like you're you are boring and the kids hate you like <laughs> like i get it i can see why nobody likes you you should kill yourself just like this <laughs> really mean shit um, i honestly wonder because it seemed like you became a teacher because you wanted to help kids but there's some teachers i don't understand why they became teachers like yeah it seems like Actually, maybe I, I don't want it. just i needed yeah i just needed a job to be honest and then i fell in love with it nice yeah but then yeah. i like i but you also said that you liked kids so there was i think there was like a natural inclination where you could make that work at least right. part, at least for a little while but like i remember when i was in high school i had a teacher who was who she she hated kids and she told us she was like i hate kids she was always she had a very strange jaw. I think I mentioned her before, Miss <laughs> Heyman. I'll say her name, Miss Heyman. But um, <laughs> yeah, she had red hair. I'll say it. Um, but yeah, she she hated kids, and she would tell us every time. And she was also very angry that she was single. And she would tell us she was like, I'm. She was like, she would just 
dump her dating woes on us as well. So she was, she used us as her therapist who she hated. It was very, it was a very toxic situation. <laughs> yeah, she sounds weird, man. I can't, a lot of them do that though. And they'll, they'll be so like, everybody knows it's like, you hate children. Like go home, go do anything else. Yeah. Exactly. Oh my God. That's so. Funny. Is there any, Esme, is there anything from your childhood that you tried to convince your parents of, but they just wouldn't believe you? Maybe mm. not school or maybe school related. That's a good question. I was going to ask a similar question. Yeah. I'm trying to think. They were pretty. I liked how they talked to us when we were kids. Like, Gabby, you were saying your mom would talk to you like anyone else. And like, my parents were like that because I've always hated, even with like animals and stuff, people are like, oh, you're so cute. I'm like, I don't talk. Kids, I talk to the same way I talk to like you guys, you know, like I feel like it's always, which I like because I, but um, my parents are like, they're like cool, but then sometimes, like I said before, they're more conservative about things. So they like just wanted things a certain way, but I feel like they always believed me about stuff. I mean, or if anything, like if we complained about a teacher, they were always like, you just have to work harder, you know, which mm -hmm. I at the time, sometimes it was like, oh, but I think like I have a good work ethic because of them. Yeah. But, um, no, they were pretty straightforward people. Yeah. I it's like the idea of you talking yeah. to a dog the same way you talk to like a kid, the same way you talk to us. <laughs> Just like, you're a good boy, man. Like, <laughs> like, what's up, bro? Like, how's it going? You having a good day? Good, good. <laughs> yeah. But if I, I could say, like, um, I think what your parents said, like, you know, just you kind of have to work through because even if you are right about like a bad teacher or something, you still kind of have to like make the most of it. So that's actually quite a it's quite useful advice, I would say, um, what your parents said. I really like that. I mean, yes and no, because we all want that validation of like having our mom sit in the other room in Zoom school and be like, oh, my God, you're right. This teacher is boring. You know, I still want that. <laughs> that field we all want in zoom school <laughs> yeah never thought i'd say that but there we go yeah okay so uh there's another submission so uh who gabby said uh are y'all comedians full-time also i'd uh thought i'd share this from uh my high school sophomore english class we're reading 1984 by george orwell and we're learning government types so we like knew what was happening in the book uh, my English oh. teacher, he always uses depressing metaphors and they uh, spiral down, uh, but he's the funniest fucking person and I look forward to his class. Today he said, communists believe facial hair is cool and I don't want to be a communist, so I shaved my beard. <laughs> that's kind of, that's a good joke, actually. I like that. It's not, but it is, but it's not it a nuanced understanding of communism. It's not, but it's, but it's funny. <laughs> I appreciate so that this guy's good with kids, but it's like, I don't think he's yeah. good with English, <laughs> you know? I think, not. I don't think he's being fully serious. I don't think he is. Like, I don't think he's actually saying, yes, I shaved my beard to not look like a communist. Like, I, he's not being fully serious. I think, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's gotta be messing around. Yeah, exactly. I had an English teacher who was always so excited about the communist manifesto. Like it was just the most exciting. <laughs> Thing in the world to him and then i found out years later it was because that guy was just coked out the whole time <laughs> oh my god wow crazy but you know what i was wow. like if that's I, what he needed to do it's what he needed to do to get, to get jazzed about coming the day i'm like i can't blame you <laughs> we all have our methods 
Oh, that actually, that actually reminds me when I was in middle school, I had a French teacher who would always give my class uh, detention for talking in class. And it was only after I graduated from middle school that we found out that she actually had schizophrenia and heard voices. Wow. And they just let anyone into teaching. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they really do though. I'm not even kidding. Some of these people, I'm like, where'd you find this person off the street? Like I get so mad. The thing is, like, she did look very put together, like she was very well-dressed, like immaculate hair in a bun, but she, yeah, she heard voices and she was giving a lot of attention to people. <laughs> it was a bad time. <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay, yeah. so the moral of this story is they let anyone into teaching, but this guy's probably yeah. nice. Um, all yeah. right, one more listener submission. Someone says, yes. I have a weird obsession with the human body, specifically bones. Mm. Uh, like I really like to feel bones under the skin of people and just kind of trace them with my fingers. I also like to watch bodies in motion. Is this Army Hammer? <laughs> <Be honest. laughs> uh, stretch of muscle fiber and the pull of tendons, athletic forms, and anyone with defined tone is eye-catching and fascinating. I don't know how to explain it to people without sounding like a serial killer, and I would love some pointers. <laughs> If you have any side note, I am autistic. If that helps clarify anything. Well, now I feel bad huh. um, <laughs> for calling you Army Hammer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I mean, that's almost, that's sort of endearing in a nice way, you know? Yeah. Because it's well, like, they're just trying to be sweet and they like, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this is that I do know that, um, that there are some people that like have like an interest in like cutting things open and understanding like how the body works and they grew up to be like right. very successful surgeons uh, because they just have a fascination with the human body and putting stuff back together and stuff so it's definitely it's definitely an interest that is a little less than typical but it's can be useful so i'll say that um and <laughs> oh i'm just thinking about army hammer right now <laughs> I'm just thinking about him like 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 stroking the arm of Timothy Chalamet and just going mm, nice and sinewy or something like <laughs> you know I do think if this person wants pointers on how not to sound like a serial killer they probably shouldn't lead with like so I love bones you know they could lead with like I have right. a fascination with the human form because I find it like mathematical and like it makes sense <laughs> I wouldn't just yeah. lead with bones awesome <laughs> nothing bad yeah. about yeah. bones yeah, yeah. I think we can give this person the benefit of the doubt, of the doubt though. I think they, uh, I think they know. I well, I think if they were a real yeah. seri serial killer, they wouldn't write like. Yeah, they would dress it up better. This is someone who's in touch with themselves, who, who wouldn't, who wouldn't, who wouldn't kill people. If they if were they a serial killer, way. maybe they'd write in like, "I can't stop killing people," <laughs> but I don't. <laughs> I have this weird kind of thing I do. I just, I love murder. It's, it's kind of my thing. <laughs> What would we yeah. do? What would you do, SB, if you came on this podcast and we were like, we're going to give you some quirky listener submission. And then someone wrote in and was like, so I killed a few people last week. <laughs> yeah. A lot of that is, uh, I think you have to, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's like, how much information are they giving you? Does anyone say that? So I'm like, if it's like specific, I'm like, I would call the police to be like, hey, this weird thing happened. I don't really know. Uh, but I've like called the police a few times when I'm like something weird is happening. And, um, <laughs> but I'm like, if it was just someone being like, it's like, I have no information. I can't do anything with this. If they didn't give enough, if they're like, there's a body under this bridge at, I'd be like, you know, maybe tell someone. Hmm. I feel like I have like, I just like, I have to be responsible. You know, I would be like, feel horrible if there's like a killer. 
yeah. on my podcast yeah. or something. Yeah. And entered would, into yeah, evidence sure. is the Two Nosy Meerkats podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the serial killer confessed all his crimes. I'd love for a DA to issue a subpoena on a Spotify download of ours. Be- <laughs> okay, but this is crazy, but I've always wanted to be the witness in a trial. Like, I've never wanted to do anything wrong. Oh, I've that never would be exciting. To, I've never wanted to, like, be the victim, obviously. I've never wanted anyone I love to be a victim. I just wanted to, like, be called to the stand. Because you just talk. <laughs> yeah, it's but like- that, means you, that means you would have to witness something. I know. Oh, yeah. It might not. That might be traumatic. What kind of, okay, what kind of a crime do you think would be, it would be, it would be rough to go through, but it would be enough to get you in the door and it wouldn't take as much. Get as me in the door, money. like it's a comedy, uh, yeah. like, exactly. a, a like robbery it's a show. Some sort. <laughs> <laughs> a bringer to court. <laughs> so I only see you brought seven witnesses. <laughs> a bringer trial. <laughs> a bringer trial. Oh. oh, for those who don't know, a bringer show is something insane we comedians have to do where you like bring your friends to watch you do comedy and you have to bring like a to sp- do them. Yeah. They're- and that's oh, the only oh. way you can get on stage is if you is if you bring X amount of people to the show. I hate that. Um, yeah. Oof, yeah, it's it's wait, SB, have rough. you done have you done bringers? I have. No, I don't think I want to, if I can avoid it. It's like, it sounds yeah. terrible. And I feel bad because I'm like, all my friends are broke comics. What are we going to just like toss $20 back and forth? To, or, you know, so yeah. ridiculous. Not yeah, definitely. I like going to friends bringers because like, I like being the, the troop who will do it. You know, I like <laughs> right. being the person who like, it's like, okay, you're clearly a good friend if you're going to come to my bringer show. And also, I just never mind just watching some weird thing go down in front of me. Uh, I hate being the one who has to, I've done a couple bringers. I hate being the one who has to bring people. So oh, I always bring, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I Don't always bring bad. my parents because I know they'll always come and then they stay until like 2 a.m. fall asleep. <laughs> oh. That's yeah, no, sweet. I, that's nice that they go. Yeah, it is nice. It's nice that they go for sure. They like they like my yeah. comedy. This podcast debatable, but my comedy. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So Espy, um, we're coming towards the end, I believe. It's something that we do yeah. at the end of our podcast is um is we do something called self perception corner, where we ask you to um, uh, say how you think you are perceived by others, and then we tell you how we actually perceive you. Okay. Um. I by other people probably. Uh, a little wild on stage, um, but all in all, a good person. <laughs> yeah. I like yeah, that. That's, that's pretty, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's ter- pretty for accurate. Me, for me, I would describe you as one of the people I think of with the most raw talent and drive uh, oh, in terms you. of stand-up. I, that's what I see. In, that's what I see when I see you. I'm just like, no, seriously, like I think back to like, this, the few sets that I've seen you do. And I just think, Jesus Christ, she's good. And I just think like how driven you are and how you create like spaces for other people to do stand up as well. And you're, yeah, all, yeah. you're just very, you're very contributing. And I'm, I'm just, it, every time I see you, I'm impressed by you basically. Oh, thank um, you so much. That means a lot. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I'm impressed That's by cool. you right now. I mean, I, I think you're definitely, <laughs> I'd, I'd perceive you as maybe like deadpan in a funny way. And also um, like definitely work ethic. Like I see it. Um, 
And also, I maybe this is projecting or whatever, but I've every time you've said something, I've been like, oh, I do that. So I like perceive that <laughs> we have like stuff in common, you know. And at one point, so we're friends now. We're friends. We're you know maybe we've always been friends. <laughs> we're um, you guys to do a buddy cop movie now. <laughs> oh yeah. fuck yeah, let's write it. But I think you know it's like awesome. a. When you were like, maybe some people might think I'm too much. I'm like, I think people think I'm too much. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, so I see you as also like being like chill, you know, but there's like other stuff that's gone on that's like led you to yeah. become chill. Um, yeah. You know, not just one of these chill people who actually is just, you know, born medicinally chill or whatever. Those, <laughs> those people right. exist. And I'm like, how the Medicinally fuck chill. That's. <laughs> That's a whole different kind of chill. Oh my God. Yeah. You guys know those people who just like nothing. They're just unflappable. And it's not like it's too chill. Too chill. Way too chill for me. I can't can't do it. It's fucked up. Those are the most fucked up people of all. Those are the real army hammers. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We don't care if you're a cannibal, but if you're just too chill, if you're just too happy, go lucky, get the fuck out. Like get out of here. We prefer cannibals. (laughs) Yeah. like there's no chill cannibals which probably isn't true because maybe cannibals are the most chill people of all they're like oh i'm eating people that's fine what if the secret to inner peace <laughs> was human flesh oh no <laughs> well i think that's a perfect note to end on. <laughs> um esme thank you so much for being on this was so much fun thank do you have you anything so to much. plug yes uh, social like media shows, shows anything yeah. at all please uh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, they can follow me on Instagram at espionage921 or Twitter at espionagenera. And I, I post all my shows and stuff on there. Perfect. That's awesome. Thank you so much for yeah. being on. We'll see you this all. This was so much fun. Listeners next week, please keep writing into the form. Um, yes, please. On our Linktree link on our social media at Two Nosy Meerkats, you'll find the submission form. Please keep sending us stuff, habits, neuroses, stories, fears, <laughs> anything, all of the above. And we will see you next time. Yeah, and keep having your moms fall asleep on Zoom with your English Please. Um, if for no other reason than your own health. Um. <laughs>